to this. You know what? And in the ring with Dan and Benny, hey, brother, man, he's about the most cat. I just love him to death. I love you. Thanks for having me. Hey, you're the best. I'm telling you, brother, in the ring with Dan and Benny. Yeah. We love you. Thank Woo. you so much, Dan. Oh, yeah. Hello, friends, and welcome to another edition of Dan and Benny in the Ring. I'm Dan Spasciano, joined, as always, by the playa himself, Benny Scala. Benny, how you doing, buddy? Dan, I am super excited because both your beloved Baltimore Orioles and uh, my New York Yankees, the uh, the pitchers and catchers, report to spring training tomorrow. And let's face it, we're really a baseball podcast under the guise of uh, of a wrestling <laughs> podcast. But, you know, it just reminded me of the uh, the line by the, the Moyle before he uh, he did the bris. It won't be long now. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. It's it's Valentine's Day. We're having some fun with this. Um, but, you know, and of course, I mean, that's isn't that really what the Super Bowl is about, Benny, is it's the signal that baseball starts next week? That's right. It's the it's the segue. It's the road instead of the road to WrestleMania. It's really the road to baseball. Road to baseball. I like it. Well, you know, we're going to do something a little different tonight. You and I were talking about this earlier. Um, we've had some some requests through the years, and we've been doing this for a, co- a couple of years now um, of some of our older episodes because I we did a lot of heavy edits. We did some updates of of going back over uh, kind of unused footage as for lack of a better term, unused sound. And and really re-editing, remastering some of our old shows. And given what this is, this is Valentine's Day week uh, 2024. Um, obviously, 2024 is 40 years. Uh, the, you, know, the, you mentioned the road to WrestleMania. They've been WWE has been hyping it up. January of 1984 was the birth of Hulkamania. He beat the Iron Sheik. And between January of 84 and what would become WrestleMania was one of the hottest streaks at the time. It was the highest grossing house house uh, show streak wrestling had ever seen. And we wanted to touch on an old episode we did. This was actually our, our originally it was our eighth episode. This was broadcast almost three years to the day ago. Uh, we did an interview with Ivan Putsky and we wanted to remaster and get back to that and, and share it with a lot of our new listeners. Yeah. You know, the the two things that I remember most about this interview was, well, besides Ivan being great, was that, number one, we had to cancel this interview for a week because the guy, I mean, Ivan is old school. I think all he had was a house phone, and uh, the week we were supposed to interview him was the week of the, the ice storm in Texas. So he had no home phone. It wasn't, I think it was that next Saturday that he actually had power again. And we were, we were able to do it the following Tuesday. So that was the one thing. And the other thing is uh, when we first, uh, I think when we talked, uh, chatted offline before the show, he said uh, he wouldn't sing uh, My Melody of Love uh, because he had a sore throat. And then <laughs> at the end, he sang like a freaking canary. So that yeah. was great. I, I, I remember he you got him to, uh, he, he, he serenaded you. You know, it's funny being Valentine's Day because we, we were joking about your, uh, you know, now that you've got, Ivan singing, you, you, you mean that might put an end to your, uh, some of the dating jokes, but three years later that, that never happened. No, no, it's, 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 it's forever. <laughs> but, well, I, the reason, other thing, the reason we wanted to look at this 
time period is because, like I said, this is Valentine's Day week 2024. It's 40 years ago. You're at the peak of the house show circuit. Uh, right around this time, February through March of uh, – or excuse me, February through April of 1984, the WWF was doing uh, cross promotions. And at the time, Hulk Hogan is in Japan wrestling. You remember this was when he uh, when he could wrestle 400 days a year because of the international dateline? Right. Yeah, and um, sometimes eight times in seven countries in the same day. <laughs> yeah, Hogan's uh, de- recollection of dates might be a little off, but um, you had you had a big house tour through the Northeast, and that was really highlighted by your your predominant mid card feuds, tag titles. In this case, the Intercontinental title you had at the time, the Intercontinental title was held by The Rock, the real one true Rock to me at my age. The original Rock, yes. Yeah, the original, well, I mean, the original Rock, Don Morocco. And he was in a multi-person, you know, kind of a multi-person circular feud. Don Morocco, Ivan Putsky, Sergeant Slaughter, and the Mass Superstar. They were trading matches. They were trading events. And uh, before the, the this is a 40 years ago this week was the w, the Intercontinental Title match between Don Morocco and Ivan Putsky ended at a double DQ very you know a lot common back then when you have the uh, you know guys that fight outside the ring and just never you know back when refs actually did a ten count and um, you you had some some great stuff but I have the card here this was this was New York. Uh, at the time, it was called the RPI Fieldhouse. This is the third oldest hockey rink in, in or hockey arena in the country. Uh, Northwestern and of all places, Princeton, only two hockey rinks in the country older than this. And so that this was that was also a big deal because, Rensselaer you know, Poly, I, right, Dan? What's that? Was it Rensselaer Poly, right? Was Correct. that the name of the it's it's so, somewhere upstate New York, somewhere in, in Podunk, Troy, I Troy think. is where it is. Okay. Troy, New York. And and this was a big deal because uh, you didn't really run wrestling shows and hockey rinks back then. It was there was a lot of conversion. And even w- with the full ice setup, you had 10,000 people in this building. And it was, you know, big house. I want to read you the card, Benny. This is the, this right. is the actual official card. I've got it in front of me. This was, uh, uh, you know, like I said, this was a week ago or 40 years ago this week. Opening matches, Tiger Jackson and the Haiti Kid uh, defeating Dana Carpenter and Poncho Boy. Okay. Then, the, then match number two is the Iron Sheik defeating B. Brian Blair. The uh, W. Then the, the third match is what we were talking about: WWF Intercontinental Title, Don Morocco and Ivan Putsky, and then a double DQ. Then you've got the uh, World Tag Team Title match between Soul Patrol, of course, Rocky Johnson and Tony Atlas, uh, defeating the team of Sergeant Slaughter and Tiger Chung Lee, and the main event: Andre the Giant and the Mass Superstar. Now. Defeating the mass superstar. Now, give you an idea. Uh, two little fun facts here. One, we, we talked about this offline. At this point, Ivan Husky was already in his 40s. The 43. average age. What's that? 43 he was. If the average age of wrestlers on this card, 34.3 years in an era when that was already almost retirement age. Right. So you, had, you had some older guys working. Um, but it's also a big deal because prior to the, this, this event, Ivan Putsky had won a battle royal with the likes of the Iron Sheik, B. Brian Blair, uh, the Haiti Kids, Sergeant Slaughter, Tony Atlas, the Mass Superstar. They just Hall of Famer after Hall of Famer in this battle royal, which had been moved of all things, and they ended up having it in the high school gym. Uh, I couldn't figure out. They they had, I found the article where they announced it was moving, but I couldn't find evidence of why it did. I wish we could get 
you know, Ivan yeah. or somebody to explain that, but they moved it to a high school gym. Ivan wins the battle Royal gets the intercontinental title match. It's a great run house show. And this wasn't of course, uh, not too long as, um, Ivan mentions in our interview with him, uh, right around the time Vince jr. Takes over is when he leaves the company. He starts pursuing bodybuilding and other things. Um, so, I mean, you've got you've got just such and think about this. Andre the Giant, mass superstar, Don Morocco, Ivan Putsky, Rocky Johnson. You, you look at this is the B show. The main stars, what they would consider the A show are in Japan right now. Hulk Hogan and all them. That's how right. deep the roster was in 84. Yeah. When you think of. Yeah. I mean, that would be I mean, I would go see that card if I was was it within uh, driving distance. It's a good card. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's, it's, I mean, to think like that much and you figure this was a, a hockey house. So maybe tickets were 10 bucks, 1984, yeah. you know, to see just a, a, a B roll of hall of famers is phenomenal stuff, but, but you know, so, go ahead. No, I was going to say that. Uh, and I think we talked about it cause I, I looked uh, on the, the pro wrestling, um, the, the, the wrestling database that we use mm-hmm. and he was still being booked very strong in 1984 yep. his his win loss percentage now granted i mean it's not very exact and uh but w- from what i could see he was still winning the majority of his matches yeah uh, the the with the information i was able to find in 1984 he won over 70% of his matches right and yeah, and, and these are, i mean the other guys who homesteaded in yeah. the, the wwf like a Danucci, a Cicluna, a johnny rods and sd jones all those guys like by the time they were in their later years they were pretty much, you know, d- doing the enhancement deal. Putski was still being booked pretty strong. Yeah, no, and and exactly. And, I mean, because he was. He was a huge draw. He talks about that in the interview when we get to it. But I want everyone to listen to this because it's it's also kind of a neat archive of history because, you know, there, we're going to talk about stuff in the interview that ended up coming to fruition. And, and he, he mentioned some stuff in the interview that I think um, has aged well for what wrestling history is. So – for everyone's viewing pleasure, this is remastered, this is uh, re-edited, and, and uploaded in its entirety, so all mistakes, bits, all in there, everything as it was, this was us and Ivan Putsky uh, three years ago this week, so, you know, great stuff, I want everyone to listen to it. Benny, how you doing today? Can't complain, beautiful day down here in Florida. Hey, Florida weather been nice to you, has the Florida weather been helping your dating life, any? Uh, well, you know, so I, I figured that the dog show thing didn't work. I figured I'd leave that behind. I mean, behind. And uh, I, I figured I'd just try the, you know, the normal. Take take a girl out for a nice dinner, and uh, you know, I pick her up, new one here, and bring it to the restaurant. And the waiter says, "What will you have?" And she looks at him and says, "Yes." So that was a little bit scary, uh, <laughs> and, you know. And not for anything, you you know, a doggy bag should not have to fit inside of the back of a U-Haul. That's all I'm saying. That's true. So, so the search continues. Oh, man. Well, you know, we, we say a lot. Uh, we talk the past. We talk the territories. Um, you, you've mentioned it before, Benny, on, on the show, how the word legend is thrown around a lot today. But I think our guest today truly classifies and qualifies under that title. Uh, Benny, I want you to introduce our guest to the world. Absolutely a legend. And not only a legend in wrestling, but this man has done a lot of different things. He played football. He played professional football. He competed at the highest level in professional bodybuilding. He also was in the world's strongest man competition, besides having an iconic and legendary career in wrestling. So it is absolutely my pleasure and my privilege to introduce the one and only Polish power, Ivan Putski. How are you, sir? 
Okay, how y'all doing? Can't complain. Okay, that's good. Like I said at the top of the show, it is an honor to talk to you. Anybody that has ever watched or been influenced by wrestling uh, has, I guarantee they like your work. They know who you are. It's truly an honor to talk to you. Well, I tell you, I really enjoy enjoy wrestling, and I, I love it, uh, so to speak. It's uh, opened up a lot of doors for me, and uh, I'm grateful for it. And uh, I can't think of a better sport right now that I've participated in than uh, professional wrestling. Absolutely. I can understand that. I can definitely understand that. Benny, um, as this was your your pitch and put together, you get the first question for the Polish legend himself. All right. Well, Mr. Putski, first of all, I mean, when you know what you just said about wrestling, you really looked like you absolutely enjoyed every second you were in that ring. And, I mean, that made us fans happy, too, because it, it was very obvious. But um, my, my first question actually is about football. So you played football in high school. And you went into yeah. the Army, and correct me if my research isn't right, you went in the Army, you actually played football in the Army, and you were like on the all-Army football team. And then right. um, after that, you went to college at Southwest Texas State. You played football there. And then you played football for the Tor Toronto Argonauts and then the San Antonio Turos. Um, yeah. I mean, that in itself is a career. Well, so yeah, you forgot to mention, I made... Uh Whole conference in uh, Southwest Texas. And, and now keep in mind, that although you are a very strong and powerful man, you, you're not, a, you know, not a, like a huge guy. I mean, you played football. I think what are you, five foot nine? But yet you were, you were, you know, a giant amongst men. What, what got you into football? Well, you know, that's a good. It's a contact sport, and that's what I'm all about. I like to go in there and mix it up with people. So football was, I, I love football. Okay. And you, you played fullback, correct? Yeah. Well, yeah. It's right. Then it's the same thing as a running back now. Right. But the fullback is more of a power back where you are going to do a lot of blocking, correct? That's right. Okay. That's so, um... What got you into football? Just because you knew that you could, you know, you can knock people around? Well, yeah, because it's a rough sport, and I love rough sports. Okay. All righty. Can you hear Ivan there, Dan? Um, I, uh, I, I don't know if it's a connection issue, but you're, you're getting real quiet there, Mr. Putsky. Can you hear me? That's, That's better. There so. you go. Okay. Well, let, let me ask you something. I know Benny talked football. Um, your your first stint in, in wrestling in, in Texas. You you mentioned right. how that was that was your your baby. Your you, more you love well, more than anything. I, I got started in uh, Austin, Texas, and San Antonio by a promoter named Joe Blanchard. I don't know. Tell he's that. Uh, he's the father of a guy used to wrestle named. Tully Blanchard. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember, but uh, oh yeah, oh but yeah. Joe Blanchard got me started. Heck of a guy, I tell you. I loved old Joe. He was like a father to me. Well, do you mind you mind telling the story of how you how you and uh, like how Joe Blanchard ended up recruiting you into wrestling? Yeah, uh, I was. Uh, uh, 
coaching at the time, and uh, uh, he came up, and uh, and he's you know he read about me and playing football, and heard he heard of me, and he came down, and uh, uh, and then uh, I I had my knee operated on. That was the end of my football career at the time, and you know. I was going to teach school. Uh, I majored in PE. I was going to teach physical education in San Antonio. And uh, he came down to my house, and uh, uh, he, uh, and I was, you know, I was built, really built. Well, you know how good I was built. And then I was really ripped and built good, and I always worked out. And he, you know how he got me into wrestling? No, he, he, how's that? He, he came over. He came over to my house and said, uh, "How much do you make coaching right now a year?" And I said, "I'll make about." And at the time, that that was a good salary. I said about nine thousand dollars a year. And he says. Uh, well, I tell you what, I guarantee you uh, $100,000 a year if I can, uh, if you'd wrestle for me. Well, hell, you don't. <laughs> so uh, he got me in his, he was promoting there, and uh, he taught me everything. He Showed me what it was all about and uh, taught me all the hoes, the moves, and, uh, and that's how I got started with Joe Blanchard. God bless his soul. Benny, I know you said you had a long list of questions. Uh, yeah, I'm chomping at the proverbial bit here. So yeah, of course, been, I see uh, you chomping at the bit there. Go for it. I don't know how you chomp, but um, you, I mean, your first, the first match that I could find that you actually wrestled was July 2nd, 1969. Uh, you had a you drew with uh, Reggie Parks in San Antonio, but then uh, but that was as Joe Bednarski. Now on August twenty fourth, nineteen seventy one, was the first time hey, that hang I hang on Benny. Okay, Is he... go ahead, Mister. Uh, sir? Yeah, I was. Uh, uh, yeah, right. Joe, go ahead. Go ahead. Benny. Yeah, go ahead, Benny. Okay, and so but August twenty fourth, nineteen seventy one was the first time that I, I found that you wrestled as Ivan Putski. And on August 24th, you defeated Gypsy Joe Rosario in Little Rock, Arkansas. So how did you get the name Ivan Putski? Well, you know, I, I came to America. I was, uh, I'm from Poland. You know that, right? Right. Yes, sir. and uh, uh, 
you know, I I grew up, actually I grew up in Texas, then we moved to Austin, where my dad was a, a real good carpenter, and there's a company named Calcasieu Lumber Company, and they heard of him, they hired him, and then uh, and I uh, went to high school in Austin, Texas, then college in uh, San Marcos, Southwest Texas State. At the time, it's Texas State now. Okay. Made played football, made all conference uh, uh, fullback there, and uh, then I uh, uh, went played pro ball in Canada, and uh, then I got into. Uh, Joe Blanchard got me into professional wrestling, and rest is history. Yes, sir. But did yes, you, did you make up the name Ivan Putsky, or did a promoter make that up for you? Uh, well, we both did. Me and Joe Blanchard. Uh, uh, you know, he said, "Look, uh, Joe, my real name is Joe," and he said, "You're from Poland, and let's get you a, a gimmick like you're Polish and." Uh, and you where you can't speak English, so uh, I speak. Uh, then you know I can speak Polish real good because I came from Poland. So he would get an interpreter in the in the ring and on TV. We'd be on TV, and the interpreter would ask me questions in Polish because he was you know he could speak, and I would answer him in Polish, and he would interpret it <laughs> to the crowd in English. Okay, and, uh, that's funny. And uh, after that is all history. I sold out every arena I went to. And uh, first time I was in Madison Square Garden, they turned people away. So I would, uh, but I'd like to just mention uh, in uh Two best promoters I ever worked for was Joe Blanchard of San Antonio and Paul Bosch of Houston. Okay. You know, and speaking of that, Ivan, Mr. Putsky, is on June 29th, 1973, I have that you wrestled. Hey, hey, just call me Ivan. That's okay. okay. Well, I was raised right, uh, Ivan. My, my parents taught me respect, but thank you for that. So um, on, on June 29th, 1973, which actually is 12 days after I graduated high school and Five days after my 18th birthday, you wrestled Harley Race for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship at the Sam Houston Coliseum. Um, I think it was oh, two out of three, four match. Now, you were yeah. only four years in wrestling. You really, how did you, I mean, you really climbed up the ladder very quickly. Do you remember that match? Yeah, I remember the uh, uh, Harley Race, right? Yes, sir. He One of the greatest ever. Me. Yeah, I mean, you gave him a run for yeah. his money, too. That's right. And, uh, uh, nice guy, Harley, and, uh, uh, you know, I just, uh, I got disqualified, so, you know, uh, but, uh, yeah, there's a lot of, I met, I was fortunate, you know, I stayed in pretty long time, and I met a lot of good people that were uh, in the wrestling business, and uh, promoters, and uh, so I feel, but the uh, best promoter I ever worked for was Paul Bosch of Houston. Of Houston. Well, I, yeah. and I have another, uh, Ivan, in, in 1974, early 1974, you, you spent some time in the AWA. Uh, yeah. With Vern Gagne. But now, right. 
you had to be one of the busiest guys in wrestling because I have, even when you were in the AWA, I think you were still making shots for Texas because I have uh, on yeah. two consecutive days, July 2nd, 1974, you're in Dallas. And then July 3rd, day later, you're in Winnipeg. And it's not like it's a hop, skip, and a jump. That's like many thousands of miles of travel. So, um, well, you know, yeah, go ahead. No, I, I mean, is that something like back in – because now, I mean, everybody's exclusive. You, you wrestle for Vince McMahon. You can't wrestle for anybody else. But it looks like, you know, many times, even when you were in the WWF, you still were able to wrestle for the AWA or Texas. So is that something that you could do back in that day? Well, no, I was in demand. I, I told uh, uh, when I was in New York, I told uh, Vince McMahon Senior. Now, see, that's who I worked for. I didn't work for uh, when uh, his son took over. That's when I quit and got out of there. That's right about but, the year. You're correct. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I was in great demand, you know, and uh, uh, so you know, I. The promoters, hey, if they didn't like it, hell, they don't have to book me. I do what I want to do. Uh, from and what I've seen, you, you didn't have any problem getting booked because you routinely wrestled 250 matches a year. And that's on WrestlingBeta.com. Uh, and those things usually are, you know, they're not complete. So I'm thinking you probably wrestled more than 300 times a year. Oh, yeah, I did. But, uh, you know, it's got. Uh, I was gung-ho then, and every promoter, they would call me up, and I'd go. But uh, finally, eventually, I got so tired of traveling and all that, so I just told uh, Vince uh, Sr., I said, you know, I'd like to just go home. Because I was there longer than any, any professional wrestler uh, uh, at the time uh, in New York uh, territory. For uh, uh, was the WWF, wasn't it? Worldwide, worldwide Wrestling Federation. I have yeah, your first. WWF. Yeah, your first match was on January twenty eighth, nineteen seventy five, against one of my favorites, the unpredictable Johnny Rods, at a TV taping yeah. Philadelphia. And I mean, yeah. and then the, the like you said, the rest is history. You were there a long time. How, how did you? I mean, did I'm, I'm sure Vince called you, correct, and said, "Would you like to work for us?" Oh yeah, because I was. Uh, you know, I was Polish, and I was. <laughs> I'm Polish, and I speak fluently. I could speak fluently Polish, and uh, uh, he said, yeah. He said, come out here, and on your interviews, I'm going to get an interpreter, and uh, you, you answer me in Polish, and then uh, and the interpreter will interpret it in English. And I tell you, man, I sold out. I was really a hot item there. Every town I went to, they turned people away. Oh, yeah. That, that was, uh, you know, back in the day, Madison Square Garden routinely sold out, 19,000, 20,000 people. Yeah, every month we ran it, right. How did, you know, and how did that feel to, to, you know, and back then there was no entrance music, there was no Titantron. It, no, it was just you it, coming out and everybody yeah. saw you and they went nuts. They were nuts. They, they hollered, whistled, cheered. Oh, I, I, hey, that's that's what it's all about, getting the people riled up. And I love doing it, you know. Now they got music, all this fancy stuff <laughs> as you go in. I told them, I said, <laughs> All you had was yourself. You just had Ivan Kutsky, and that was more than enough. Exactly, and that was plenty. Yeah, oh, yeah. you're right.
you know, speaking of wrestling, I'm curious, uh, obviously other than, than some of your involvements and, and the feuds we talked about, your uh, being the first Polish athlete to do a lot of what you did, you're you're often associated with that that the Polish hammer, that that huge move you would do. Oh yeah, I, I'm curious, right. how did that come about? Who who Good came question. up with that move? Joe Blanchard. When I first started, he said, uh, "Look, uh, uh, he said I got I was just thinking and uh, see what you think." He said. Uh, your uh unless your move and uh your your uh, you know the winning to win the, he said, the move that I want you to do or it's up to you no he he always asked me if I, and he came up with it he said just get uh, grab your both hands together like a hammer and throw the guy into the ring and just whack him, and uh, we'd call it the Polish hammer. And rest is history. And, and you know what? And Ivan, when you watch today's wrestling, I mean, they'll give each other power bombs, pile drivers, you name it. Uh, and, and then like, shit. yeah, and, and they just they kick out of it. No matter what it is, they kick out of it. And like, yeah, doesn't mean a thing. That's right. right. But when somebody gave, when you gave somebody the Polish hammer, nobody was that kicking was out it. of it. That was That's, it. It was that over. That was it. That was yep. the end. We jumped up in our seats the minute you hit you hit that Polish hammer because we knew it was one two three and it was lights out. Yeah, people really, you know, I really got over and uh, I really loved the people, you know, and uh, and they really were behind everybody everywhere I went. I sold out everywhere, mm-hmm. not one time that I didn't sell out. And uh, Vince McMahon Senior, of course, he made a lot of money and. And, and same hand, on same token, he took care of me too, you know. Yeah. So was there a, was the money that much? Was I'm sure it was a lot better going to New York than it was in in San Antonio. But was there more travel oh, yeah. in New York, or, or you know, what was the differences between the, the two territories? Oh, the, there's a lot of difference. You know, it's uh, like you like I said, like you said, the money was. I mean. Ten times more what I was making, because the towns aren't that as big as like Madison Square Garden. That's what does it hold? Hundred thousand people? It probably felt that way when you were wrestling there. It's, it's probably about nineteen, twenty thousand. But then you had you had Boston yeah. Garden, you had the Baltimore Civic Center, what? you had the Philadelphia yeah, Spectrum, we were, you had all those places. And then we went in. Uh, uh, Philadelphia. One year we went into the stadium, and uh, you know we work a lot of times in uh, big stadiums, you know, for special shows that we had. Right. You know, we'd work up uh, a grudge match, you know, and uh, and so you know we so we knew the Madison Square Garden wasn't big enough, so we went into Philadelphia. Uh, stadium down there where they played pro ball and boy I mean people just came in there well and, and, was... and Ivan I, I've told I've said this in the past you guys were salesmen I, I look at it yeah. that way because if you guys didn't sell tickets to the arena you guys weren't really getting paid so it's your job you know when you're on, on, on the TV uh, to, to sell tickets 
Exactly. Is, I, is that pretty accurate? Yeah, you're exactly right. The promoters would tell you, uh, you, hey, you're going to make as much as you draw. And uh, I tell you, I was so hot when in Texas. Uh, Vince McMahon Sr. He couldn't. He called me up and I said, "Yeah, I'll, I'll be through here in, in a couple of months." And he, boy, he really wanted me bad and. Uh, Finally, when I came to New York, boy, he took care of me good. But I was selling out everywhere I went. Yep. Well, and then, everywhere you know, I'd go, I'd sell out. Spe- speaking of of popularity, I'm curious. We we've had some some people on in the past. Uh, Benny mentioned about the selling. Larry Zabisco was was a guest recently, and he told us that you know the, the idea you don't sell, you don't eat, and he talked about recognizing. Yeah. I I saw you at a convention a few years ago. And you still had the crowd. It was um, there, there was, there was a, some promotional pictures with you and uh, Tito Santana, and you still yeah. drew you still yeah. drew a crowd. You still had fans. I'm wondering, yeah. you know, how does it feel? I mean, you, you you got guys who weren't even born when you started your career that have been fans of your work. Like like, how does that that connection? Wrestling is just such a unique bond with the fans. How does that feel to know? Decades later, you're still so revered and and loved by the fans. Well, only one word feels great. Yeah, those kids would say, yeah, Mr. Putzke, I saw you on, uh, my dad has some tapes of you, and, uh, you know, and uh, I said, yeah, well, that's great. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, a lot of people, you know, uh, that never seen me that, see me on uh, somehow on TV tapes of the old matches that you know pro wrestling used to have and uh, and yeah but you know the nice thing about it I met so so many people nice very such nice people throughout my wrestling career and uh, I really enjoyed that you always seem like you enjoy your wrestling. Ivan, um, now, even when you started with WWF, um, it looked like you were still doing shots for AWA because I have here, uh, in a four-day period, uh, yeah, was, in June yeah, 21st, you, you did... Yeah, Mo- Mo- Go ahead. I'm Go sorry. ahead. No, I say June Burn. 21st, you did Milwaukee. June 22nd, you did Steubenville, Ohio for the WWF. June 23rd, yeah. you did Landover, Maryland for the WWF. And then June 24th, which was my 20th birthday, um, you worked you worked for uh, Wrestle in Omaha for the for AWA. I mean, that's uh, my, my note here is: weren't you tired? Well, I, tired's not the word. I was beat, but hey, I, I looked at it like this: better make my money while I'm young and while I still have the opportunity. Right. So hey, I, I pushed myself, and you know, another thing. I'd get up early so I could work out. I'd go in a gym, push that iron, and then I'd uh, go to the hotel, eat, go to the airport, go to the arena, go to just the same routine every day for uh, years and years. I had this same routine. So you lived a pretty clean lifestyle. That was another question I had later on, though, Ivan, with your bodybuilding. So when you were wrestling, before you really got into bodybuilding, You know, you just mentioned that you, you know, you went to the gym every morning. You, you, you know, you, you pumped the iron, and then you said about eating. Now, 
um, you know, nutritional science, you know, 40 years ago isn't what it was now. But I mean, there was a science of eating back then. Did you eat clean then or did you wait till actually you started bodybuilding? Sure there was. No, I've always uh, uh, ate good protein and uh, uh, a lot of of nuts and fruit. Oh, yeah, I was brought up that way. Did you have a hard time uh, being able to eat healthy, traveling the way you did? Yeah, I did. Matter of fact, I sure did. I had to go. You know, I'd ask for, you know, just salads and stuff while I was on a road and uh, eat steaks, you know. Good I would think, mo- yeah, I would think most of your coworkers probably stopped at like a, 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 you know, for a greasy hamburger and fries. And I, I just don't see you doing oh, that. Oh, they did, but I, yes. didn't, I, I went to a good restaurant. Yeah. And I ate good food. Yeah. Okay. You know, yeah. um, you mentioned earlier when you were talking about your, your workings with the Blanchard family, you know, wrestling is very much a family business. And I'm curious, if you don't mind me asking, uh, your your son obviously had quite a, a career as well. Um, at what point was it was that kind of a his dad is one of the biggest wrestlers in the world? Really, you know, that was that was kind of it for him. Or was that something you you pushed him towards? Like, how did at what point did, did well, your son realize, like, I'm going to do this, too? Well, I didn't. I never push my kids to do anything. It's uh, they wanted, so I let Scott get a taste of it, and uh, uh, you know, and he didn't stay too long. He just didn't have it in him, you know, and they didn't didn't have the appetite that I did. So you know, I'm not. That's what I was going to tell you. You know, others, other. Uh, Fathers would push them, you know, uh, retired wrestlers, they had a son. I saw that, and I said, I saw the, uh, Fritz Von Erich, he would push his kids, make them do. I told Scott, I said, look, you go in, and you see uh, if you like it. I'm not going to encourage you. You're going to have to, if you want to wrestle, you got to want it. So he got a taste of it and uh uh he uh i guess didn't agree with him i said that's fine say it's fine with me you don't i'm not disappointed so you know he uh uh didn't wrestle you know like i did the bug didn't bite him like it bit you it sounds like no he, he just uh see i had a good gimmick I was Ivan Putski, the Polish strongman, and, you know, what got my gimmick over, I'd go and people see I did things that you had to be strong to do it. Right. And that get Polish gimmick got over real good, you know, and uh, and I was. I was from Poland. I spoke Polish, and, uh, and people bought it. See, a lot of these... Uh, wrestlers with gimmicks they'll come out there and that's not even yeah. they don't they, they've never participated in their gimmick what they're doing and hey you can't fool the crowd you might oh, fool right. them for a little while but they're going to catch on and see they knew i wasn't i was the real mccoy and they bought it and that's yeah. what made me 
you know, it's funny because you mentioned enjoying yourself and the crowd interaction. There was a match going back to, to it was you and, and your son Scott against Jerry Lawler and his son Brian Christopher. And it was yeah. funny to watch in hindsight because you and Jerry Lawler are clearly enjoying yourselves a lot more than your kids are. And you two were much more over with the crowd than your sons, even – you know, right. in, in in an era when you guys were were both in, in the torch passing era of it, right, I just think exactly. I, I, I think it's crazy to see, like I said earlier, all these years later, you guys. I mean, you know, you you have you're one of the names. You you throw it on a poster, and fans are going to buy tickets just to just for the meet and greet. Well, yeah, you know, Lawler, he had a good name too, you know, and uh, uh, that was fun. You know, I like things like that, and. You know, Scott, he uh, he got uh, uh, he was uh, went to the uh, majored in uh, uh, law enforcement, and uh, he became a detective oh, nice. here okay. in, in San Antonio. And uh, and I told him, I said, "Look, uh, son, you're gonna have to pick either that or wrestling. You can't do both." So. You know, he said, I'll just stick to, yeah, and that was a good idea. It's, uh, he'd have never made it like me, because there's only one Ivan Putsky, you know. And I had the gimmick and everything, and, uh, uh, but, you know, he, I, I didn't push him. He did it on his own, you know. Uh, yes, sir. I, I, I think, Ivan, you were just so believable, and, and that's, you know, I mean, when you see some of these wrestlers now, you know, I'm 65 years old. I, I speculate. I wonder if I could take this guy. You know, I never thought that with yeah. you. I'm thinking like, you know, if you ever got mad at me, I'm running as I'm running as fast as I can. And you know, I mean, yeah. back then I could run pretty fast. But um, so when you look, according to my notes, you really went full time with WWF and you stopped splitting between the two territories around September 1975. And I had in a four year, four day period, you went over Baron Cicluna. Waldo Von Erich and Spiris Arion, who were three of the hugest heels in the in yeah. the territory. So yeah. um, you were obviously getting pushed big time. When when you got there, did Vince Sr. tell you what his plans were for you? Like, was it, you know, uh, how he was going to book you? Well, yeah. You know, he. I wouldn't have left Texas. I was main event everywhere, making big money. And he told me, you know, he said, you're going to make – X amount or more, because we're going to use you good. And, hey, and I made that money for events because I sold out all the big arenas up north, Boston Garden, uh, Philadelphia Spectrum, uh, Madison Square Garden. I was, man, I, I tell you, everywhere I went, I, I, people just packed in there. They hold up signs with Ivan Putsky, Polish flags everywhere. Oh, it was really something. And, you know, back, you know, now if somebody buys a ticket to a wrestling match, they buy a ticket to see wrestling. You know, but, yeah, but then, but then if somebody bought a ticket to the Boston Garden or to the Baltimore Civic Center, they were buying a ticket to see Ivan Putsky or Bruno. Yeah, you know, that's they right. Were, they were emotionally invested in you guys. They loved you guys. Now, I mean, I, I still watch wrestling, but I can't say like, I love, you know, any of the new guys. But we loved you back then, and you know, we, we were bugging our parents you know, to buy tickets yeah. so we could come see you. And that's that's something I think that's missing now. 
Yeah, and there's, uh, you're not going to see another Ivan Putsky or a Bruno San Martino either. And I mean, yeah, thank no. God for YouTube because that's I watch you guys probably five or six times a week. You know, I was going to say you'll you'll get no argument from me on that one. And the the thing is, the numbers reflect it. The the WWE published their the first time they ever published their uh, viewing numbers on the network, and yeah. pre pre nineteen eighty five had more views than any other era. People were watching all the old territory tapes, watching the AWA, See? watching some of some yeah. of the, the Texas stuff. See there? So I mean, even, that proves it. Like like Benny said, even today, you know, you don't you don't buy tickets for the names, you buy ticket for the event. Back then you bought exactly. tickets for the names and it's Sure, it's that's something what else. drew the crowd, the name, right. Yeah. Yeah, and that's you, because you guys did a good, such a good job selling it, you know, with the with the interviews on TV and your matches. Well, and yeah, because people believed us. They believed right. in me. They believed in Bruno. They and uh, they believed in Superstar Billy Graham. Yes, sir. You know, we we had the guns. We had the uh, we backed up what we did, said on TV. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Yeah, and and yeah. I don't. Even even as a fan of the product today, I don't I don't think anybody on the rosters right now would sell out Houston or San or the the, the San Antonio Dome every week no for, for months no on end. Way. Yeah, and we did every week. We would sell it out. Absolutely. Hey, but, I was going to ask you. Yes, sir. Is, super, is superstar uh, Billy Graham is he still alive? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, good. I. He used to call me, you know, and I, a long time ago, and we'd kind of stay in touch. And last time, uh, where where he lived there in uh, California, I call and uh, they, they say he's not there. So I was just wondering. No, he's in Arizona, I believe. Arizona, I'm yes, sorry. Sir. Yeah. 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 And I, I I mean I know he's had some health issues, but I as far as I know, he's still he's still you know he's still alive. Yeah. And he's well, he still pop, he's, he still pops up from time to time in interviews. You know, it, it's yeah. You, you hate to admit it, but you'll see. You know, you'll see the headline: uh, former WWF superstar says X, Y, and Z that's controversial. You, you know, before you click that article, yeah, it's always it's always Billy Graham. It's always Billy Graham. Yeah, I know it. Yeah, it was, there's only one. Billy Graham. And, you know, uh, but that, that's such a good point. There, there was only one of each of you. You were so unique. I mean, there's only one Ivan Puskas. There was only one superstar, only one Bruno, only one Ivan Koloff. But each yeah, of you guys, right. in your own way, yeah. like, you, you were so good and so original. Now, yeah, we, we, use, we use the term cookie cutters, like in the WWE, the new WWE. Yeah. Everybody looks the yeah. same. But you guys all that's had your own right. look. That's right. We had our own gimmick. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Benny, as we uh, as we wrap up, we don't want to take more of Ivan's time than we need to. Do you have a final question for the well, legend? Himself? Uh, yes, sir. So I mean, I and again, we don't know how good these statistics are, but they, even if they're eighty percent accurate, I think you faced Billy Graham one hundred and twelve times. Um, you faced Ivan Koloff over a hundred times. I mean, and you have winning records against all these people. Um, did you have okay. a fav- favorite? Favorite. Favorite, yeah. favorite guy you like to work with? Superstar Billy Graham. All right. Was it because he you were both strong man. men? 
Yeah, and he had a he was a good guy. Hey, he had a he was such a uh, I just liked I just liked uh, his real name was Wayne Wayne Coleman. Yes, sir. And I I liked Wayne from first time I met him. There there's a lot of talk, Ivan. That that um, and I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm, I apologize, but um, when when he was the champion, and you had many matches against him when he was the champion. And he was starting yeah. to get over with the crowd, and there was a lot of—I mean, now even now there's a lot of talk that they should have actually turned him uh, babyface and kept the championship on him because he was—I mean, you guys were selling out everywhere. And I think, yeah, you know, say they turned him babyface and had him feud with an Ivan Koloff, that could have sold out for like a year just by itself. Oh, you better believe it. Well, that just shows you that the promotion isn't as hot as they think they are. Right. Right. That's, no. Absolutely. And, and and then let me ask you something. You you talked uh, territory. Do you remember? Um, you, obviously, you said Billy Graham is, is your your favorite opponent. Do you have a favorite match in, in your in your career? Uh, let me see. Favorite match. You know, I had such so many many great favorite matches that I can't really point out one. You know, I had a lot of great matches with uh, uh, Wayne, Superstar. I had uh, Ivan Koloff and a lot of the other guys, you know, that I really can't just put a finger on one match. You had a huge feud with Jesse Ventura. Did you guys really like each other? I really got the idea that you guys didn't like each other. Was that just, you know... Was that true? Uh, no, we, you know, hey, we took care of each other. You know that. I'm glad you said that because uh, that means uh, uh, people were buying us. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Absolutely, we were we were believable. See, uh, I I really thought you guys couldn't stand each other for years and years. So yes, you did a great job. It was it was yes, still well, <laughs> still real to me. Damn it. Just goes to show you, you know. Absolutely, I I want to say, Ivan, this is it has been a true honor talking to you. You are without question one of the greats. I know you probably hear that all the time, but I mean, there's I don't think wrestling would be where it is today without your shoulders and others that you wrestled with at the time, especially I my wife from San Antonio. So everyone in her family that is a wrestling fan it, it idolized you. And, and your your run there. So I just want to say it has been a true honor talking to you. Uh, Benny, do you have any any final words? Yeah. Well, Ivan, I do have a request. And I, I absolutely, totally, I, I have enjoyed this so much. And I want to thank you for that. And uh, I know you said you couldn't really sing uh, because of your sore throat. But I just wonder if maybe you can give a shout out to my other half, Maureen, and just tell her hello from Ivan Putski. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dolly means I love you so. Kocham Chebyestalim Sertem more than you ever know. How's that? That was awesome. Thank you so much. You just made my day. wonderful. Thank you, sir. Thank you you so much, Ivan. We will definitely hope to have you back on. I know we didn't even scratch the surface of the countless stories (laughs) you could tell us from your time on the road. 
Well, I thank you guys for putting me over. If it wasn't for the publicity and uh, uh, interviews and things like that, there wouldn't be an Ivan Putsky. So well, thank you. Thank God there wasn't. Thank there is an Ivan Putsky. Yes, we, sir. Yeah. Thank you. Well, let, you. You have yourself a good night, sir. Okay, you guys too. God bless you. Stay safe. Bye. Bye-bye. It's funny, you know, how we looked back then. I mean, I still looked great, even though I wasn't wearing a hat. Benny, you, the hair, you had the short hair. I couldn't get over the short hair. Um, It's funny for for those listening um, at home, and then we'll see this on the YouTube it, we only recently transitioned with our mon- to our friends Monty and the Pharaoh on YouTube, so a lot of our early interviews, we never intended the video to be seen. So this is going to be a first for us. Was was I decent at least? Oh yeah, no, you 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 were you had your your bit. You were wearing the um the shirt from your your friend's tow truck company. Remember when we worked with them for a little while back then? Oh yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, and you, I got you, it. This, yeah, this was before you grew the hair out. It was it was fun, but um. I kind of want to touch on two things. One, a bit of a sad note, obviously, Ivan did mention, which I thought was great. I had completely forgotten that he he told us to stop calling him Mr. Putsky and call him Ivan. Um, But Ivan mentioned he was grateful that Billy Graham was still alive. Um, Obviously, that has since changed. Uh, It just shows the impact he's had. And, you know, the other thing, uh, Benny, we mentioned in the interview, uh, Baron Cicluna, there were names that came up, people that have been on the show or we've talked to their to their their children or their spouses. And, you know, we kind of unintentionally laid really the groundwork for the next couple years of the show in that interview. That's absolutely amazing. And what a what a rivalry he had with superstar Billy Graham that started back in the AWA. Yeah. And then, he, you know, then it, you know, it morphed into the uh, the WWF. But. When you saw those two guys lock up in a test of strength, man, oh, man, they could do that for five minutes and nobody would say boring. (laughs) No, not in the slightest. And those were really I mean, Bruno had it. But if you were to take the locker room back then, you know, the the, the AWA into the WWF, could you think of any two guys with bigger and more impressive physiques than Superstar and Putski at the time? No, absolutely not. And it's funny because after he left, like you said, he went, I mean, I think it was like 45 and he went into competitive bodybuilding Yeah, at, at, starting at 45. Com- competitive bodybuilding and he did strongman competitions. He did the strongman in 1978, I think. Yeah. It just at, And he played semi-pro football before he, yeah. he started wrestling in, uh, he, in 1969. Just, yeah, just he, an amazing he career. Played in Canada, San Antonio. Um yeah, I, I mean, think to, Joe Blanchard was the one that uh, got him into wrestling. Told yeah, his that's dad. What he, that's what he said, which is which is funny how he just casually mentions. I love that part too, where he casually mentioned he's like, you know, uh, his son may have ended up wrestling at some point. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard yeah, of that guy. He, and, and it's it's great stuff. But uh, Benny, we got a lot of good stuff coming up again. This is you know Valentine's Day week, so we hope everyone's uh, enjoying themselves. Obviously. Dan and Benny in the Ring, we can be found anywhere podcasts are listened to. Uh, our videos are on the Monty and the Pharaoh YouTube page. Benny and I, we will be on the 30 again on Thursday, where I am once again, as as it should be, naturally defending my title. Um, the the longest You're starting streak, a dynasty there, Dan. Uh, you know Jeez. what? For, for to- I would like to point out I'm a four-time champion, and only one time have I ever lost the title. Twice I've had to abdicate it because uh, right. of, you know— uh, of of a certain someone having scheduling problems with me. 
couple of uh, false many. false finishes there. Yeah, a couple of swerves. Yeah, a couple of dusty dusty swerves. But no, it, yep. it's great stuff. Um, so for everyone out there, you know, we we hope to do this again sometime. We got a lot of of archival footage to go through. Obviously we, we didn't originally intend these videos to be uploaded. So uh, some of that's going to be fun edits, but we got a lot of good stuff coming up. Uh, we got a lot of great stuff for the future. Um, I mean, it's, it's February and we're booked through well through the fall um, of this year already. We got a lot of good guests. We got a lot of fun stuff coming up. So for the player himself, Benny Scala, I'm Dan Spash. Have a good night, everyone. And we will see you next time on the ring.